This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. The sun sleeps late and pulls himself a shot of tequila. It's a little place called Pleasure Island. That's where I'd like to feel ya. It's easy to find just beyond the last wave. Dolphins and whales are up mating. Sail all day and all night and take a hard ride. That's where I'll be awaiting. Pleasure Island, Island of Pleasure. No need to stop and think. Pleasure Island, a beautiful treasure. Come on down and have a drink. Coconut Pete, everybody. (laughs) 
and Jill. Jill's here. Welcome. We're all Thank set. you for, for uh, teaching me about Coconut Pete. I didn't know such a character existed. Yeah. And I'm very, very happy to have learned. This. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like if we were bonding over just the love of Bill Paxton. Then it's just like if that gem wasn't in your life, it, had, it needed to be introduced. I mean, it's in the laundry hamper right now, but it's been very cold in L.A. the past few days. I don't know if you've seen it's been like, you know, snowing, weird, biblical weather where it's been snowing. <laughs> and literally like, yeah, snowing. Uh, they called it grapple. There's like all kinds of new words for snow around here. Yeah. But I have this uh, near dark sweatshirt with nice. Paxton Severin looking all, you know, sunglassed and tousled. And it just oh, I love kept, that. Me warm, kept me warm over the past few days. Right. Bill, <laughs> you're all I've got right now. God. Oh, Bill, man, the memory. But yeah, Coconut Pete, I, I, I you really, you really did something. Uh, yeah. And yeah, so you definitely sold me at least one vinyl. We <laughs> <laughs> got online to get this. Yeah, we were just saying, yeah, we got a like right when we like met each other, we were just talking about since I sharing like uh, Bill Pax and stuff. When I talked about Club Dread and this album right here. I don't know if we, we keep doing this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, it glitches in the matrix, but yeah. it's, we both have this vinyl. This was a movie put out by Broken Lizards called Club Dread, and in it, Bill Paxton plays this character that's like, you know, don't say that he's a Jimmy Buffett-esque character because yes. he's got a major edge against Bill, uh, Jimmy Buffett, but he's living the dream. He's running his own resort. He's very, very drunk. Yes. He's playing his songs for everybody, and it just, you know, I was watching Club Dread last night, because uh -huh. I knew we would be talking about it in some fashion. Because I, I don't think I've really seen the movie. Okay. The the rest of it I could just like you know fast forward through, but all sure. the Bill Paxton scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's seriously. Like, it's, like, it's like Matthew McConaughey saw that and he's like, I want to make Beach Bum someday. Like yep. this is this is the best shoot anybody ever had. You oh know? yeah. I wonder what what happened with Broken Lizard and those guys when they were just like, hey, we want to make a make a horror movie, but like we're we're going we're going to fly everybody out to like Hawaii or an island, you know, like let's just make an easy shoot for us, you know. They didn't they didn't have a bad idea. It was like that's no. probably like 40 50 days of like, you know, mid 2000s shooting where everybody's eating fat. Everybody's having a great time. Oh, yeah. The studio's like, they might still be on cocaine back then, who knows. Right. They got, yeah, you got Bill there yeah. of all people. Like he just come off a of Titanic or you know, or a hey, big uh, love, you know. The whole movie probably got financed just because Bill Paxton was like, yeah, I'm going to come out and play Coconut Pete, but I'm going to have to sing some songs. I'm going to sing about Pleasure Island. But yeah, you playing Pleasure Island, that's like, it's an anthem. <laughs> it is. It's an anthem. Uh, did you read the <laughs> uh, the liner that came with the vinyl? Have you had a chance yet? I started to, and then it made me sad because, you know, it was a lot. I thought this was like published before Bill Paxton's passing, but it was like a posthumous work. Right. Yeah. And you know, it, made, it made me a little bit sad. And then yeah. I like, had to put it down and bow my head for a second. <laughs> There's some jewelry into the ocean just really quickly. Right. Uh, I want to well thank in uh, Livewire Pro and Honda for popping in chat saying hi. What's up? Hello. Hello, everybody. Um, yeah. Some fun Bill Paxton stories. So one of them in that was just that they got a chance to show uh, Jimmy Buffett the movie. Bill, Bill Paxton, the creator, Jay. And they all sat down in the theater and were able to show like Bill or Jimmy Buffett, his creation of what Coconut Pete was. So in a way, the two of them got to meet, which is kind of cool. He laughed at the son of a son of a bitch mother motherfucker quote I heard like really loud. So. It's pretty great. That's awesome. Uh, Funville Paxton stories. Have you heard about the PCP story on Titanic? Oh, of course. This is like the legend, like <laughs> that no one can figure out to this day. It's like who poisoned the Titanic? Clam set. chowder or whatever it was. To me, that's like it's. It sounds like such a um, 
uh, over-exaggerated, maybe made-up story from set. Like, yeah. this has never happened again in history, unless it's like a Jim Jones massacre or something. Like, nobody's <laughs> just like putting PCP in crime powder or things. It seems like it sounds to me like insane food poisoning that somebody decided to, you know. Yeah, hey, I've got a better story than everybody just getting sick to their stomachs. I yeah. don't know. Like I was saying, like, is it the shellfish that maybe hit with the weather at a certain time that made them maybe think they were on PCP or something? I don't know. It's... The wrong shrooms like got in the in the mix yeah. before the PCP thing. But again, it's like maybe <laughs> maybe it's like the way quaaludes were everywhere at a certain time. Like maybe mm-hmm. PCP was just like sprinkle. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Uh, the other one is. Uh, did you hear the Bill Paxson story where him and James Cameron went down to the Titanic during 9-11? So, oh, that's so, a good one. So they went down because, you know, Bill Paxson was playing like the guy that was supposed to be like piloting the little ship and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went down underwater in the morning, uh, like around like five, four in the morning or whatever. And we're down there like on the, the deck of the Titanic while everything was happening. Like 9-11 wow. was happening. So the entire time they were down there, they come up and there's there's footage out there you can find on YouTube. It's a real quick thing, but it's uh, Bill Paxton going to the James Cameron going. There's a thing that's going on. Worst terrorist attack in, in history, Jim. <laughs> and it's kind of crazy, yeah. like, because you don't know your phones, like you just turn everything back on. And back then, and like, you know, not everybody had like a, you know, smartphone in their pocket. So they're getting their stuff and it's just like, oh, how many planes went down? What happened? Like, that's so weird. You're almost not like another planet, you know? That's crazy. I just went to, they had at the Natural History Museum here in LA, mm-hmm. they had um, the pressurized ball that James Cameron went to the bottom of the ocean in. Mm-hmm. Like that, that expedition he did to the Mariana Trench. He literally had people invent a special human life preserving ball that could go within this like submarine type device yeah. that looks more like a space shuttle. But it was insane because it's like you know he's a very tall man he's like over six foot yeah and he crammed himself in this little ball that he invented he had people <laughs> uh-huh. work and invent and um you know i i just visited that at the natural history museum and it was just like wow he is the craziest director to ever live like yeah you know what I mean? like george lucas and everybody else like great imaginations sure yeah is a good friend of camera i saw them q and a together fantastic but yeah. it's like also very interesting but it's like james cameron is director explorer right yeah like <laughs> and he loves to say it and it's just like i don't blame him because he's going to space and i'm trying to go with <laughs> <laughs> right he has his feet know, planted like the of the ocean. yeah the bottom of the ocean is like mm, it just seems like you know a lot for a lot of darkness again yeah. it's it's a first i, I admire that but mm-hmm. anyway um i being in a submarine with Bill Paxton and James Cameron, that's a pretty exciting idea. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> man. Yeah, I feel like between between him going into the like depths of the ocean all the time for Avatar and Titanic to you got Tom Cruise, who's doing insane amounts like the two of those guys. Like, how do how do the insurance companies let them do what they do? <laughs> you know, it's true. it's true. You really have to be one of the richest people alive to even start to uh play at this level right you own the insurance <laughs> companies at that point you know what i mean like they I mean, you definitely set your own deals and like find a way to make more money off your insurance policies I, i'm i'd be curious i've never worked on something where we've had a crazy crazy insurance policy like that like yeah yeah no it's all pretty cut and dry <laughs> even across the board from actors to to text to everybody you know like it just yeah there's certain things where all bets are off and it's like definitely tom cruise 
It's like, well, we're gonna go home. Tom Cruise went splat. Like they're not gonna do it. Right. I mean, it, don't don't you feel like in a little bit that Tom Cruise is like wants to go out that way? Like he like if he's gonna exactly. go out, he'd be wanting to be on the side of a plane doing it. You know. Look, one of the weirdest fascinations I have in life is like you know how Tony Scott, director of Top Gun, passed away, right? Yes. He died in the most Tony Scott way. Tony Scott. Right. Scott was seen jumping from the Vincent Thomas Bridge in San Pedro, California, on Sunday afternoon. A 911 call from a passerby alerted authorities, and Los Angeles Port Police recovered Scott's body from the water afterwards. The Los Angeles County Coroner's Office is conducting an autopsy. A spokesman says a suicide note was discovered in Scott's office, and contact information for friends and family was found in his car, left parked near the bridge. I don't see Tom Cruise, like going out in a nursing home somewhere <laughs> right yeah i mean if that was the most hardcore thing yeah man i didn't even think about that they both are kind of like cut running. from the same cloth <laughs> he's still running you know what i mean it's like he's gonna keep on running and you know i i firmly believe that like human life is gonna uh get longer and longer uh, and you know uh tom cruise is gonna be at the forefront of it for <laughs> sure but it's like he's gonna run all the way to 120 140 who knows mm-hmm. you know like how fast will he turn cyborg? Yeah, really. Like, he'll be the first one to be like, hey, I'll lend up my arm. Like, that's fine. Like, let's do this whole thing. Musk is scanning that guy right now. Yeah. <laughs> right. Scan him up, you know. Uh, okay. Anyway, cool. Yeah. Uh, let's drive in some news here. Uh, so Cocaine Bear hit theaters. Have you had a chance to see this yet? I'm so remiss right now. Like I've missed three different friend screenings to go see it. Oh yeah. It's yeah, okay. I have not yet. No, we're both on the, on the outside I, of this I one. Really mixed reviews. Some people love it. Some people are like, mm, I expected something different. I'm like, did you get a cocaine bear? Right. <laughs> yeah. I'd say as long as your cocaine bear was tearing people up, that's probably what you want. Uh, well, it made 23 million in the box office this opening weekend. So that's, that's pretty that's crazy cool. for, and like a you know technically like a, a big uh, monster movie in a weird way like your giant sharks your giant alligators which by the way this spawned meth gator from Asylum Pictures. Nice. <laughs> so now very, very nice. We're getting a meth gator <laughs> again apparently. <laughs> Have you ever seen any of those movies? Any of the Asylum Pictures? Oh yeah, I I can't ever really remember which ones which though. Yeah, they're all <laughs> giant CGI like, thing fighting CGI thing. Mega shark whatever you know versus you know a plane like it's always like random yeah <laughs> honda says in chat that he saw cocaine bear says it's very entertaining not the best movie ever uh but super super entertaining cool okay well, I, that's all we need. I feel like it's a <laughs> i feel like it's a, it's a solid streaming flick you know what i mean like 100 percent. it's just like you know it between the sleet and the snow of los angeles right now right an obligation i have not i haven't had time to snort cocaine bear but maybe tonight <laughs> maybe maybe tomorrow there you go <laughs> keep it optimistic uh apparently uh have you heard about uh blumhouse and james wan's atomic monster label grabbing up dead by daylight yeah i did i never played that game you're into it right yeah that's that's one of the big games that i would play in my stream and yeah i mean it's a very simple concept a bunch of teenagers kind of sneak around and there's one killer and they put every slasher in there from leatherface to um pinhead to even made up their own like franchise kind of killers and they all do their own little things like Pinhead throws his chains and tries to like pull you out, out to him and stuff. But the whole idea is that you're trying to fix generators uh, Four generators unlocks a gate. So once all you and your friends unlock these generators and, and lead through the gate, that's it. That's the whole thing. So I'm trying to think how they'll 
make a movie out of that. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is all because of Last of Us. Everybody's like, what video games? Oh, you're exist? right. Like, how? Who's the next Pedro Pascal? Like, let's get them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, what is Blumhouse also is doing? Five Nights at Freddy's. I saw a leak photo of that kind of thing, like a big bird hanging out in front of a pizza place. But I guess that's the game. So uh, yeah. everybody's very excited for that. Yeah. So Blumhouse is doubling down big on video game uh, uh, properties. Sure. Everybody loves an IP. Right. Me. Yeah. If it, <laughs> if it, I mean, you got to think about it. If it already has something that exists, it's that's marketed, right? You don't have you don't have to do half the marketing. <laughs> This uh, Hollywood, uh, it's an original idea is is more scary than anything. Right, know? which is so sad because I feel like all of us want original ideas, but you know we do. And you know, it's it's rare that there's a cocaine bear where it's like based on a true story. Like it's it's so much harder than that usually. Right, but like you just said, like that technically has already been marketed. Cocaine bear was already a thing in people's minds. It's like it's the simplicity of like I try to do this with my scripts where it's like you know you have some sort of title that like okay I kind of get an idea what this is mm -hmm. otherwise like you know you just say like two horror words like dark force dark water I think those are all movies right now yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay I guess dark night all right okay right yeah that little brain worm in there um, yeah have you do you know uh, have you met Anthony De Blasi at all the director some mutual friends but i've not met him i think nice yeah uh anthony actually made movies out here in, in orlando um and that's where i met him he did dread which was like a clive barker adaptation and uh he now i guess i don't know if you heard but the big news is that he's doing a a remake of his own film so he had a film called the last shift that he filmed here in orlando um in a uh abandoned mall but he was like you know played it off as like a um a police station, a haunted police station. Um, but yeah, they're turning it into a movie called Malum. I think that's how you pronounce it. Malum, I think. Malum. Yeah, my friend Clark Wolf is in the movie, and she's in the trailer, and she was telling me about it. And um, oh, cool. Yeah, it looks it looks really cool. And I yeah, so the first one was shot in Orlando because I think this was shot in Louisville, if I remember correctly. Oh yeah, um, it's nowhere no no nowhere in Orlando after that because yeah, Anthony's lived out in LA for a bit, so. Looks pretty neat. That's interesting. Do we know any other directors that have done that in Hollywood where they they remade their movie with, with a bigger budget? I guess Evil Dead, right? Evil Dead, um, Funny Games. It's usually like you take your foreign movie and kind of tweak it. it. Right, yeah, yeah, you just reboot it for yourself. The old uh, El Mariachi Desperado trick, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Livewire Pro says, isn't there a new Brandon Cronenberg movie coming out? Yes. Oh, yeah. Infinity Pool. Infinity Pool, yeah. That that came out uh, a couple about a month ago, right? Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet either, but that looks pretty juicy between Alexander Skarsgård and Mia Goth. Yeah, right. Is the Cronenberg hasn't fallen very far from the California, <laughs> you know? Not it's, at it's, all. Like, Did you ever see his last I mean, film? Who's uh, uh Future? Yeah. Of course. And then what's it called? Have you, have you seen the trailers for the Dead Ringers adaptation that Rachel Wise is starring in as the twins? No. Yeah. There's there's some some we're having like um a Cronenbergissance maybe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, it's it's a wonderful time to be a Cronenberg fan. I was gonna say it's yeah, it's back again after so many years. Oh man. Yeah, it's, we're all living in the new flesh all the time now. It's great. <laughs> uh Mick uh over on Twitter land, that looks good and it has uh Clark in it. Yes. Yeah, that's 
Equals, oh, Joe Clark and their crew equal the Lost Girls. Mmm. <laughs> Love it. Love it, yes. Uh, and then, uh, I don't know, do you ever do you ever remember the Movie Maniac uh, action figures back in the 90s? Um, I've seen them at like conventions and stuff. I never, I never got into them myself. So yeah, Todd, Todd McFarlane made these and it was basically like Leatherface, uh, Candyman. It was a lot of really cool slashers and stuff. Well, apparently he's coming out with a new line and people got really excited. And then, uh, this is what we got. Um, Bugs Bunny and Superman suit, Harry Potter, the Wicked Witch of the West and Ted Lasso. So not very movie or maniac. <laughs> Again, like this is probably more licensing issue rather than choices. I don't know. Yes, <laughs> They're I, trying to make money and save money. I don't know. This is very much a uh, WB wants WB figures for Bugs Bunny, Harry Potter, and Ted Lasso. Yeah. So please make this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I literally like the comment sections and all those are just a bit, like everyone's like, what? How could you go? Like, there's not even one slasher. Like, if you want WB slashers, it's like that's not the point. Like you said, Jill, it's a. Uh... <laughs> Everybody's trying to do business. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Fans aren't thought about in this business pool. Okay. I mean, I can tell you, like, I, I'll be like, what about the fans? And people are like, shh. Stop. stop. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. They'll come if they need to. That's all that is. Um, there is a Haunted Mansion trailer that just came out. Are you a big fan of the, the ride? Oh, of course. Like, I, I love um, comparing the differences between the California and the Orlando one. And then I love Jamie Lee Curtis. As, yeah. Uh, who's her name? Madame Loyota. There you go, Madame Loyota. <laughs> yeah, Madame Loyota. And then we got was a Jared Leto was a Hatbox Ghost. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the the main guy from Atlanta. He's that was that's kind of what drew me in. But yeah, like, it seems like they're taking a different approach than like Ice Cube's Eddie family. Murphy. Remember that whole thing where it was like, but instead it was uh, Eddie Murphy and his family. Like there was just yeah, a whole family Eddie. dynamic thing for the longest time in movies, and it just kind of dripped into that movie. They're giving a little bit more ride fandom. Uh, yes. And I liked it that they're setting it in uh, New Orleans because the house over in California is like a like a New Orleans, like haunted sure. the first That's mansion. The yeah. You, you want like what could be creepier than plantation mansions? Nothing. Right. You know, exactly. Like, like, well, this is an awful setup for humanity. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. That's why we're changing our what was it a uh, Splash Mountain? Because it's just like, you know what? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not do this. <laughs> this. Maybe we should do this roller coaster and yay! Through yeah. this let's, let's not have children in line talking about, like, what is a tar baby? Like, that's kind of, you know, that's that was that yeah. was canon in Disney for a while. So. Yeah. Let's not get into Song of the South and all that. Whenever no. I try, I'm like, oh, this is this is too far back for me to, like, get mad at anybody. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it goes so far back. I'm like, everybody you'd be mad at about this, probably dead. Very dead. <laughs> very dead. And I think their kids also dead. Um, Old values, you know, it's like, uh, God rests everybody. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how Disney ducks and weaves every single day, man, but they do it. <laughs> lots of lawyers, lots of people hired to do that. Yes. Um, so Jill, next weekend... You're heading out to South by Southwest. Yes. I've never been to South by Southwest. I hear great things about South by Southwest, but very excited to go. Um, my producing partner wrote a movie called uh, Hail Mary that will be premiering oh, cool. at South by Southwest. And uh, this is Nate Lee. I, I worked with him on uh, The Stand. And um, nice. I did not work on Hail Mary, but this is uh, his concept that was directed by uh, 
uh, Rosemary Rodriguez and mm-hmm. then produced by Karina Miller. It's starring Jack Houston. It's uh, starring Angela Serafian from uh, Westworld. And so, yeah, the movie's called nice. Hail Mary. Uh-huh. It's basically a modern retelling of the Mary and Joseph story as they try to escape the devil. Uh, but it's set in Central America as uh, they're trying to smuggle Maria. Mm-hmm. Jose and Maria are trying to get across the border because she's pregnant and her baby is in danger from a virus uh, that okay. is killing pregnant women and their children down in uh, South America. So anyway, oh, wow. Devil's Album, it's sort of like somewhere between, uh, you know, a Bible horror story and then, uh, you know, kind of like a Terminator setup. So yeah. Interesting. It's, yeah, it's it's a but it's like an, it's um I don't know I'm excited to see how people react. Yeah, I love. It. <laughs> He's a really cool movie. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Uh, do you know what theater that one's playing in out there, or are you just gonna go when you get out um, there? I I have some details, but uh, if you look up on South by Southwest uh, website, mm-hmm. the Hail Mary thing is there. Nice. And yeah, the details because I think there's a couple different screenings. Again, I've never been to South by Southwest, so I'm just you know. Yeah. <laughs> You're You're walking around with a little pamphlet and like texting people like, where am I supposed to go? Yeah. So yeah. Oh no, you're going to have a good time. It's always a lot of fun. I'm I'm very interested to see what, I know we always come back to COVID, but it'll be nice to see what, what South by Southwest is like after that, because when I used to see it and when people would go, it was like a party. It's a huge. I'm sure it's going to be a party still. Um, Yeah. I was supposed to go in 2020 mm-hmm. um oh. i was scheduled to go right from the philippines land in la and then go to south by southwest a day later mm-hmm. and at some point i was like oh no they're gonna try and make me quarantine when i get back but it's like instead canceled the con uh sorry canceled uh south by southwest canceled you know 2020 yeah <laughs> right yeah everything's and everything's not happening yeah, like, yeah now i get to go and like you know make up for lost time and see what it's like there so I'm yeah oh yeah you're gonna have a great time that's really cool <laughs> It's like a music party and a movies party, right? Like it's like the best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah. And then like I think they space it out where like I think like movies has like a weekend and then like music has a weekend. But like there's so much overlap that people the music's already there regardless because they know there's an audience for the movie stuff. So yeah, no, it's super cool. It'll It'll be an awesome time. Um, all right, let's play our next Coconut Pete song, and we'll be right back. This is uh Ponytails. This is actually a clip straight out of uh. (laughs) Club Dread. Um, Yeah. Enjoy. We'll see you here in one second. Be right back. A ponytail will get you tail. Just keep it out of my my time. A few cocktails will never fail. You and your Chiquita sky high. Ponytails, cocktails, ponytails, cocktails. Two things that will always rock. Word to all you males, don't ever lose those tails, cause then you'll just have bony cock. you mean Pina Colada Burke. Little song I wrote seven and a half fucking years before Margaritaville was even on the map. Of course, you wouldn't know that because you weren't even born yet. Come on, Hawks, y'all. Let's get us a drink. I don't need to shit. Come on, man. 
Fuck that guy! Son of a son of a bitch! Mother, motherfucker! Oh, good times, good times. <laughs> oh, man. So, okay, so tropical horror films. Let's talk about some tropical horror films. Do you have a favorite? Which one comes to mind? I wanted to say uh, Cannibal Holocaust, but it's not. But mm -hmm. it just feels tropical because, you know. Oh, yeah. They're, scant they're scantily clad and in the jungle. But it's like I would almost group that into. It's not really, though. That's more like a jungle horror. I don't know. I mean, well, yeah. Purely tropical. Hmm. The most recent one I saw that I did enjoy was Old. I'm not saying yeah, Old was good. Sure. But I'm saying, I'm saying I had an experience in the theater. <laughs> you, what was your experience in the theater? So I, I went to a, um, <clears throat> it was a screening for like Beyond Fest here. And so it was like a packed house movie theater where, you know, I was next to some very smelly people, unfortunately for me. Mm -hmm. But it's <laughs> not like we had to wear masks in the theater in yeah. a way. But anyway, it was like one of those moments where it's like, wow, we're all crammed in here to see a horror film again. So it was interesting to feel the waves of like the crowd either digging it or starting to get the giggles at certain parts. Yeah. Like, really liked oh, it. I you love know, that. I know that feeling. I remember You know, that. it's like a, it was a weird um, divisive screening. Yeah. Which again, was part of what I enjoyed about it. I probably would have gotten bored if I watched it at home, but in a theater, I really enjoyed it. That's cool. Did you see that one? I did. Yeah. That movie, like for me... Like I was watching it and I love the concept, but I remember the, I think it was just like, there was something with the acting. You know what I mean? I don't know if it was it's, overacted or like what he was trying to pull out of those actors was something completely different than what Shyamalan does with most of his films. I don't know what it, old was specific, you know? Oh, it was very specific. It was bonkers. <laughs> yeah, it was so bonkers. But like at the same time, like we remember it, right? Like it's kind of stuck in your head yeah, there's a lot of things that like i'll kind of put on on netflix or whatever or tubi or something i'll be like what did i watch i don't yeah. remember what the something with a ghost and a chick you know uh, right yeah there's something <laughs> it's like, old it's like no i remember abby lee walking around with her back all crazy and yeah like, there's, there's there's things to remember in there yes <laughs> Uh, Honda in chat says Scooby-Doo movie. Was it, that was a tropical thing, right? Yeah, that was a tropical movie. I would, I would consider that tropical, yes. That's true. Um, I remember, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna bring a deep cut in. I'm going to see if you remember it. Um, but there was The Ruins, which was yeah, like for sure. super creepy. Like we haven't seen a really good like Mayan horror, you know, with like dumb white people getting caught in the woods and <laughs> being yeah. places they shouldn't be. Like that was really cool. I like that movie. Um, the other one, obviously, Touristas. Oh, yeah, Teresa, yeah. For a second, it was called like Touristas Go Home, and then they just got rid of the go home part. <laughs> uh, that was Josh Dumel, wasn't it? Mm, I think so. Yeah, I, I think always get that kind of look confused. Yeah, <laughs> that's a pretty guy face. He's in that movie. Uh, obviously, Piranha 3D and the original Piranha yeah. film. I super love that one, but that's like that's like Havasu, right? That's not quite tropical, but again, it's like. It's definitely that same like skin and a little bit of like raunchy sex. Yes. Uh, fun horror, which is like totally the flavor of Club Dread. Oh, absolutely. That that whole Actually, I think I might just like brand that right now. I want to make pina colada horror. Pina colada you know, like, horror. Pina colada like the good kind of <laughs> a lot of red drip in it. You oh, know? Yeah, it's like like you enjoyed it, you had a great time. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love that. All right, pina colada horror is labeled as like a drinking out by the island uh survival horror kind of flick <laughs> yeah when somebody called uh the kind of horror i want to do tropical gothic which i also like oh. i like that well, i'm like, down you know, that one, 
Yeah, the horror movie I've been setting up in the Philippines are like, this is a tropical gothic. I was like, yes. Right, you nailed it. <laughs> yes. That is what I'm going for. Oh, cool. I love that. Um, yeah. The other one is uh, Donkey Punch. Do you ever see that one? No, I don't know Donkey Punch. What's that? Right. So do you know where the, na the name stems from? Mm, that's like, I, I don't keep track of all those because I know there's like Dutch ovens. Yeah, right, right. It's, it's it's one of those things, right? So I was amazed when I started journaling. And be like that. Oh, right. Let's not. <laughs> yeah, it just came out of nowhere. I was writing for Bloody Disgusting, and I got uh, a chance to write for this movie that came out, and I was or not write for it, but like review it. And they sent it, and I was like, "What? They made a what?" But it's like a very serious like tone to the film. It's a UK flick, and basically these guys try to do this thing, which is like a sex move, and they end up knocking out a woman and killing her on the boat and then they all have to deal with the ramifications and they're all stuck together on this boat um and it escalates you know pretty well like you know a, a very intense uh horror flick uh and it just like came and went like struck the dvd nobody saw it that that weird time frame between 2006 and 2018 like a lot of movies get lost I, I did not like uh, my my best friend calls it spaghetti strap horror i don't know if you're familiar with like a, a woman's top that is like it's kind of like the Jennifer Love Hewitt. I know yes. what you did. Like, you know, it's like that whole, like, that look. Oh, it's yes. Like, those horror movies all sort of, like, run together. And that's what I was, like, look, thinking about when I, you know, I didn't watch Club Dread. It's just like, ugh. It looks so, like, ugh. Yeah, it has a specific place in just blah horror history. Yeah, <laughs> I feel you. Good ones. Like, Slither was a good one. Like, yes. you know, Fever was a good one. But it's still, like, you know, just, like, a group of... of Teens... Or 20-somethings, yeah. yeah. It's all those people from the CW just, like, lining up to each one die in a somewhat creative way, sort of. <laughs> yeah. What was that, um, uh, All the Boys Love Mandy Lane? Did you ever see that one? Oh, yeah, that was that was a big one. Yeah, that was an Amber Heard. <laughs> yeah, that was an Amber Heard, right, yes, yes. Um, okay, so I had this thing, apparently they released, uh, calling a, a personalized call from Ghostface. Have you seen this? What's this? It's, like an app or something i don't know we're gonna try it right now and see what happens let's see okay you really you're gonna you're gonna look right in the mirror and say Candyman three times like <laughs> hell no um you are the one who broke the sad news to me uh via instagram that rico browning had passed away the original creature from the black lagoon yeah what really wanted to pass away like tuesday of this week uh yeah um, on sunday i went to a 35 millimeter black and white red and blue 3d creating a creature black lagoon uh, here in la and it was awesome that's uh, it was fun it was really cool i'd never i don't think i've ever actually seen a black and white 3d movie before it's yeah like, you know avatar i've gone to see like you know most things that are offered in 3d i'll try to go see in 3d because i really love the technology but yeah. um, seeing red and blue black and white creature it was really good like, yeah it really isn't it kind of crazy how crisp it is it's yeah, like I kept on uh, experimenting with the glasses back and forth. Whereas I, I kept them. Yay, so nice. nice. Yeah, yeah, I was wondering about actually that. Actually, quite different. If um, they tell you when you're coming in, if which side the blue should be on and which side the red should be on, because it's like if you flip it around, it doesn't work. It's broken. Yeah, it was so gorgeous. Like it just, I knew it was gonna be exciting to go see that movie in the theater because you know, the cinema, the underwater cinematography is incredible. The suit's incredible, and it's just like the atmosphere everything about it was so beautiful but it mm -hmm. really is just being a, i don't think i've really paid attention to that movie since i became a filmmaker and just imagining like 
okay, it's 1950s, you're going to bring some sort of giant 3D contraption out to this water location yeah. and you've got this guy almost drowning in the costume, you know? Right. And that's and the thing with Rico. Yeah, that's oh. the thing with Rico. Like, I think that's what why he kind of accidentally fell into the role was, you know, he was the guy that could man that kind of camera and do all the underwater shots. So it was just like, well, we need somebody that can go underwater and wear that suit. Like, think about how claustrophobic it is already to wear a costume outside to a convention or like Halloween. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like, so, it's just like, it's so, and that costume is so specifically blinding. Right. Yes. That thing is like so strapped to you. And I couldn't imagine being submerged. Feel for him it's just like okay he can't see through those things too no <laughs> yeah and to like while we're talking about it i'm gonna play a clip from it real quick it's it's the the him swimming with with her in the water here i'll turn it down a little bit so gorgeous it's so gorgeous and romantic like it's really beautiful oh it's cool yes it doesn't know that he's there because you know, he loves her so much Oh, I know. And I love the whole, like, I want to touch you, but like, I can't. And he kind of plays with that oh. in the water, you know? And the hand is so active. Like the first act of the movie, it's just like every shot. They're like oh, yeah. using the same shot of him. Like, <laughs> it's okay. yeah, we, we have to get the shot of this glove. I think even in like what the beginning, they find the skeletal hand of the creature. Oh, yeah. They use that and then the, another hand comes out and it's like three more hands, a hand through the portal and the, and the boat It's fantastic. Yeah. It's so effective. It's so good. Oh, uh, did you know that Rico was uh, one of the co-creators of Flipper? Yeah, I just saw that. I mean, I did not know that. I only saw it on Instagram after he passed. It said that, and I was just like, wow, he was specifically like a marine nut. That's interesting. Yeah, that's, that's why you see really him like, he's got all these like ties to Florida, uh, just filming and stuff like that. So it was crazy. Like, I guess he just never moved, always stayed here. Like he was at every convention, every screening of Creature. Like it was pretty cool. He kind of stayed mean, tied to it. it. I would have loved to meet somebody like him. Like. The person who was always around at conventions here in L.A., besides Mick Garris, which we talked about last time, mm -hmm. um, but um, Joe Turkle for a while, like from The Shining and Blade Runner, like, uh, you know, what I'm talking about. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, yeah, he's he's an epic, epic character actor, but he would always be hanging out at conventions and was just like the most lovely, lovely person. I love very that. eloquent, very intelligent, like a very lovely person to talk to. And yeah. So it's just like it's where it's like, oh, you. You're as excited to see us as we are to see you. Yeah, you know? they're just, they're happy to have somebody listen to their stories, you know? Yeah, they have good stories, you know? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it was like the same thing with, I was reading one of the old Star Logs since we were talking about it, and uh, I was reading a story about, uh, you know, Forrest J. Ackerman? Of course. Yeah, kind of like a Hollywood legend uh, collectible, uh, uh, just huge collector, like rooms and rooms of... Like, you know, it would make any collector today cry compared to the stuff that this guy had. But he also contributed uh, to Famous Monsters of Filmland. And uh, it was basically it was sad because it was the article that I was reading was him asking people at Starlog for help to, to help fund his his collection and his life because he couldn't do it after a while, you know. And I was like, oh, it's so sad. It breaks my heart. Like he was reaching out to like readers like any if you if he said if every fan could drop one dollar, he wouldn't have to worry about it, which I was like, I get. But. I mean, it's interesting because it's like back then he really had to like put something like that in Starlog. And now it's just like, here's your Patreon. Everything's set up for you, Fori. Right. Like he just <laughs> missed that window. <laughs> just missed it. Yeah. And, you know, people today would like that name is legendary. Like 100 percent. But no call from uh, Ghostface yet, by the way. That's weird. So, like, what do you have to maybe you have to like approve something on a text? You know what I mean? 
Oh, maybe. Let me see. Uh, nope, nothing. <laughs> oh, well. Your ghost face just got my, like, personal information. I was like, ha, ah, you dummy. Bye. Cozy screen when it comes out next week, Friday. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's actually probably going to be, they're just going to call you and remind you and remind you to see the movie. Ugh. It's perfect marketing, but imperfect because you didn't get the immediate uh, dopamine hit. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I wanted the call from Ghostface. And I gave him my yeah, name I mean, and everything. Who knows? I'll still yeah, record it if it comes through. I would hope you would say your name like they do in, um, what's it called? E.T. E yeah, where it's like. Hello, Eaton. <laughs> like, well, like guy yeah <laughs> whatever name you give them you know the little passport i remember that thing it's so funny that ride they've always they've said as long as steven spielberg goes as long as i'm alive that ride will still exist you're not getting rid of it like it's yeah, in his contract we don't, we don't have it in la anymore and i really i need to go to it in orlando oh my god point. yes well, like it's really magical riding the bicycles it's nice right and then we get like extended lore like you go to et's home planet we didn't see that in the movie Look, yeah, I read the novelization and as a kid because I was super, super dorky in the novelization. Oh, I love that. Tons of sense about me. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, you get a lot more details about uh, his little mission for getting plants and then like a lot more about like the Peter Coyote character with the keys. Who's just really? sort of like an authority figure, but in you know, he plays more as a threat in the novel. It's um it's worth checking out. That's rad. Like, I had no idea. And baby's first sci-fi yeah <laughs> so so spielberg was just like we're not we're not doing any of that i'm just gonna keep all that off the side it's in there but it's just like you know the way it's novel novelized yeah uh, the, the way it, it's uh turned into literature mm -hmm. it just plays a little bit different than it does on screen okay interesting all <laughs> <laughs> right i'll read it it will happen um so let's go into uh we have some horror comics this week uh hallows eve number one came out hallows eve is a Spider-Man villain that they finally someone finally at Marvel said, you know what? We need a Halloween themed villain. <laughs> it's yeah. true. Yeah. Was right. it it's like between long Halloween and like, you know, the goth factor on like all these of, of all these superheroes. It's like Marvel catch up. It's like all they had is Morbin time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, you need to get you got to move past this. Yeah. Um, it's so funny when they announce this girl and she looks really cool like her her name's Hallow's Eve and she just has a bag of masks and she pulls out the mask and turns into whatever she puts on so she's a giant werewolf she can be like a Marilyn Monroe there you go you can be a, a, a consumer <laughs> and they live I, I, again it's like I relate to this character I should probably get this comic book because yeah it's really cool <laughs> uh, a lot of comic book creators though were kind of mad because they were like you know how many times i've pitched anything halloween or spooky to marvel and they just went nah 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 superheroes and all of a sudden now they're just like oh we had one person she came up with this this idea for a halloween part and everyone's like dude i i sketched and pitched that to you every single year and then nobody ever got back to me um, timing, man. it's all timing it's like the world is getting gothier and i'm, I'm it about is. it yeah <laughs> super yes like what it's like okay like wednesday's the big hit you know what i mean like stranger things is out there mm -hmm. like another scream movie's coming out it's just like the goth the new batman was so goth oh super goth <laughs> something in the new world you know it's not like, <laughs> the clock in here and I've, i'm i'm living it you know yeah <laughs> it's been that is funny that like a grunge song was like you know the number one song for a while like a nirvana grunge song 
that like it was like the slowest song too on the Nirvana soundtrack, like or it's album. A very sad one. It's it played. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's go into uh, let's see what's streaming right now. So uh, all the streaming services always put out like what are the big streaming things coming through. Let's see what we got here. Bump. Yeah, because it is getting into March. Uh, March we have a new month of streaming horror. Yes. <laughs> Let's go here. Let's see what do we got. Man, I remember like this page, like they usually posted on like Fangoria's Instagram and it would just be like one little page of like, you know, streaming was like kind of just showing up like here's like the movies coming to Netflix. I was like, oh, cool. Now it's like five pages. They're like Paramount Plus. And, this and, that. and that's not even close to all of it. You know, it's like there's so much if you dig deep on Pluto and, and Tubi, you dig real deep. Right. Yeah, exactly. You're going <laughs> you for it. More than you're ready for. <laughs> Other news all the way from Australia. Hello, sir. I hope they do Cult of Ghostface in the new Scream. That would be great. That would be cool. OK, so for the films we have here. Shutter. It looks like we got the we got Blair Witch Project, The Fog. Anything new to Shutter though? Gretel and Hansel, Ultra Purple. Do any of these any of these new ones ring a bell, Jill? No, no, I haven't. I haven't gone that deep in those. Yeah. Uh, it looks like on Amazon we're getting Carrie, Carrie, both Carries. Cloverfield. Nope. Nope's gonna be on Amazon Prime. That's cool. Oh, that's cool. I love that. Was a theater experience for me. Was going to see Nope. Oh. Yeah. It's really beautiful in IMAX. Over in Paramount. It's a nerds like movie. I loved it. <laughs> it. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. Did you ever see the lighting rig that they brought out for that movie? Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, it's insane. Insane. Uh, Scream Four is gonna be a Paramount Plus again, I guess. Um, okay. Dead Zone. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, Maybe I'll put it. In. Let's see. Scream Box. Yeah, Scream Box is like a thing now, right? The bloody disgusting guys have their own screaming service. Hmm. Uh, so they have like Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre five or three. Okay, a lot of indies. Fear.com. Oof, that was a thing, wasn't it? HBO Max, Ghost Ship, Sinister, Spawn, My Bloody Valentine. Yeah, and then Tubi, you got your All Hallows Eve, Tremors films. Oh, I love a Tremors. Tremors are so good. You gotta I love. Kind of like, I like country horror. You know, like I like cowboy yeah. horror. <laughs> yeah. All right, cowboy horror. Do you? Let me ask you this. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Rob Zombie's stuff. Are you? I I <laughs> like some of it better than others. I'm not huge into his Halloweens. Sure, I, I can understand I that. I really enjoy um uh what's it called? The one Run Rabbit Run, that one. Oh, House of Thousand Corpses. House of a Thousand Corpses. It's like it's got its own Texas Chainsaw 2 aesthetic, and I think it's cool. Yeah. I like I really does that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he did that movie. It was, I don't know if you saw 31. Wasn't my favorite. A little bad. I haven't seen it's like, a, I've, I've, I'm not a completist. I miss a lot of things until sure. I just find it. It's funny for me. It felt like, um, you know, like we were talking about um, AI art. Yeah. And just how kind of crazy it gets. I don't know if you saw on a story I posted the other day, but it was uh, an AI art that just kept evolving over and over and over and over and over. Have you seen those? It's yeah, just, of course. And to me... <laughs> Rob Zombie's 31 is like if you took all Rob Zombie's movies and you just kind of let them keep morphing on top of each other. It's just so drippy and gross and redneck and it's like which is way too much all at once. I do love his rednecks like the best thing that I've ever been to that Rob Zombie did was um, he did a haunt like an actual like mm. haunted mate. Mm -hmm. And that was cool like it had it was really imaginative really good production values. It had a 
what's it called? Dr. Fantastico or something? Dr. Like, Satan? Uh, oh, no. so the, 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 oh, okay, I know what you're talking about. Okay, now they're taking a deep breath. The Haunted World of El Supervisto. That. They yes. had that. It was like these giant inflatable um, sets mm -hmm. that were like you wore 3D glasses. Like, really fun. That's like, cool. You went to like the cool one. That was like a, yeah. it was like a haunt, Rob Zombie haunt, but it had like three different haunts within the haunt, yes. right? Yes, that was super cool. And then uh, I also really liked the House of, House of a Thousand Corporate Corpses that they had at um, Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah, that God, was I so good. House of a Thousand Corpses that they had at Halloween Horror Nights. Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's the phrase you have to you have to be able to speak when you, I'm teaching you English. It's like right. now you're perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get past my HAs and my HOs. They're so hard. Um, man, can, <laughs> do you, the irony though of that, right? Like, so Rob Zombie makes House of Thousand Corpses. It comes out right after 9-11. Um, the studio head at Universal at the time hates it. She doesn't want horror, she doesn't want violence. They're trying to clean up media. Um they just throw it back at them. They say, actually, we know we gave you a budget to, uh, to film here on the back lots of Universal, which it was filmed. It was filmed right behind the Jaws ride out in California. Um, they they said, you have to stop editing. Here's all your work. Uh, leave. And so he had to go to fish it around to different companies. And he went to MGM, almost sold it. Then ended up taking it to Lionsgate, who ended up buying it and telling him, uh, well, then you have this X amount of dollars to finish it. So he filmed the rest of it in his basement. So there's a lot of weird moments where like it looks like it's grainy or weird. It's because he had the string budget to finish that movie. And he but those weird little snippets and labor and, and, and edits, I feel like make that movie what it is. Uh, editing is what I like about it. Like the the insane color palette, like yeah. just the all insanity. It's like it's beautiful. Yeah, it's crazy how mistakes can actually like make your film. Like people still say to this day his first film is his best film, you know. Um, but then to then fast forward in the future, where now Universal is like this conglomerate company, NBC Universal, and it comes back around to you again, and they want to buy your property, which was already paid for by Universal. So then they, they invite Rob Zombie out, and he's taking pictures in front of his house, and like that was rebuilt in two different locations in America, and you're just got to sit back and think like, you all kicked me out and told me my movie was no good, and now <laughs> it's crazy. Look. It doesn't matter to me as long as they pay. You know what I mean? It's like they obviously paid him. They paid for this. Yeah. That's the vengeance to me. It's like, okay, he, he's fine. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, the, to me, it's like that one filmmaker, uh, what's his name? Richard Stanley, the guy who like made um, Island of Dr. Moreau mm -hmm. and then got fired off of it. And then like, oh yeah. Paid on the island and then it came back as his own extra. It's just like, that's like one of the, um, most insane film situations I've ever heard. And believe me, I've he I definitely hear them. It's like, it's a weird industry. But Richard Stanley is, I believe that's his name. It's He's the cowboy wearing director of yes. Island of Dr. Moreau. And they've that's made a documentary about him losing his shit. They, right, yeah. <laughs> that thing is... him off the property and like, you know, it, it's, it really is like you, you listen to that and you're like, oh my God, this is, this is the worst case of like an obsessed director. Yeah. Continuing to obsess and in the face of like Marlon Brando, Val Kilmer, and clearly like a lot of drugs and yeah. heat exhaustion and mental illness. You know? Right. I can only imagine like filmmaking back then with like, like I, I look at Predator, like think about like taking those dudes out of the jungle in the middle of nowhere and you're trying to get shots and everybody's just dripping with sweat, sweat. You know what I mean? And there's no I'm sure there was a safety regulation, right? But there's those snakes and like the stuff that would just show up and they would get shots of like I'm like, holy 
holy crap man like i couldn't imagine well yeah it's like that that specifically that shoot it's like i think everybody except for john mctiernan and schwarzenegger got sick because they were only eating like canned meat and beer i think oh my god mctiernan still lost like 38 or 40 pounds like obviously kevin peter paul who played the predator would be like suffering the most in that giant crazy latex suit and having to run and jump and all that but Yeah. yeah like everybody I just saw a meme online today where it's like the scariest part of Predator is Bill Duke dry shaving his face <laughs> and the entire body to de-stress. And it's just like, yeah, that, like, yeah. again, it's just like one of those things where it's like, maybe, maybe don't. <laughs> right. Why is that your tick? Of all the ticks that you could have, why, why that? And it's like, yeah, it, that's definitely one of those movies where it looks gorgeous, but it's like, yeah, the actual experience of being in that jungle must have been so hot and insane. Absolutely. I think there's also that thing where it's, uh, they had, um, um, John Claude Van Damme on set. He was the original Predator in like a oh, diff, yeah. totally he different outfit. Yeah, <laughs> a really bad crowd co- crowd costume. <laughs> yeah, like the. I think I was, I'm amazed. Have they made a documentary on the making of Predator? I think it's like I've definitely seen pieces about it on YouTube and stuff. I don't know if it's like an official documentary, right? But or maybe it's like on the on some of the commentaries. But I've definitely seen a lot of footage of like John Claude Van Damme looking really pissed right yeah <laughs> just like i need to not be and like that's what i'm saying like of all the places for you to get everything cut like on that set in that jungle in that outfit like oof man uh, that, that's one of those sets where it's like i'd like to be a fly on the wall but i wouldn't want to actually have to stay there and be on set the entire you know 70 day shoot or how god it might have even been longer because like you know and now it's like it's crazy like for a movie like that people would shoot it so quickly like mm-hmm. it'd be like oh so easily fun. yeah and it's like six seven months and now i'd be like yeah you have like 40 days to do this <laughs> so, again it's fat cameras are faster things are a lot easier in some ways but yeah yeah heat exhaustion is a real concern people <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so we got a question what are your predators if, if they're sweating uh, yeah if you're hot they're hot exactly know? put a put a fan or eight in their suit uh <laughs> another news asks i have a question about pitching horror films or projects I'm thinking I'll need a proof of concept before pitching my script, but also confused about where you start for funding. Also thrift shopping while listening. Thanks for the content. Y'all are fun to listen to. Thanks, man. Oh, cool. thank you. Um, well, there's a lot of good resources. Uh, there's so many. If you just look on YouTube, there's so much advice about pitching. There's so much advice from like studio binders. Really good. Um, what is it? Studio 32, stage 32. One of those. Mm-hmm. Like, many different ways to pitch proof of concepts nice make a deck look up what a film deck is make one of those yes um sometimes it'll help you clarify your own thoughts as you're writing i find um if you're using final draft you can put all these images and things in your beat sheet and therefore uh have more imagery to help you pitch and um get your overall story together as you're writing individual scenes there's so much you can do there's so many Mm -hmm. resources out there I mean, I even I, I get a lot of ads for such things on my Instagram, and they're trying to sell me like. What are they selling you this week? Cat, <laughs> save the cat app. That's what they're trying to sell me. Like an app, an app uh, that teaches you like the basics of screenwriting structure, where it almost like Mad Libs for you, where it's oh, like okay. my protagonist blank, and it's like you know, has a dead wife that he right. needs to avenge. You know what I mean? It's oh, like it's, it's it's whatever their little uh, methods are. But yeah, interesting. It's always. Okay, so I'll tell you a weird thing about Save the Cat, though. It's like any screenwriter you've heard of Save by the Cat, mm-hmm. or Save the Cat, right? Like this Blake Snyder thing, which his giant claim to fame 
is that he wrote Don't uh, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Okay. Starring Sylvester Stallone and Estelle Getty from Golden Girls as yes. the titular mom. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, the whole story with that particular movie is Arnold Schwarzenegger trolled um, Sylvester Stallone mm-hmm. and told his agents to tell his agents that he was going to do it. And then somehow it ended up in like, I forget the exact steps of the story because I didn't research this before telling it. Again, <laughs> but the basically Schwarzenegger trolled Stallone that he wanted to do the movie and Stallone was like, no, I'm going to do it. And so that's the entire reason Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. And then for me, the real impact is like, hey, this like screenwriter who, you know, did very good pitches, was able to make a nice name for himself because he sold uh, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Mm -hmm. Then he sold the Save the Cat Cat books, which are like now like such a screenwriting go to all over the world, especially in Los Angeles. People are like, oh, how do we break into three? What about the bad guys closing? What's the fun and games? You know, everybody uses these mile markers. All started because one one muscle man <laughs> trolled another one in yeah. their endless muscular muscular uh, fight. So yeah, this is why, like you know, writing you can write as well as you want, sweetheart, <laughs> but the powers that make Hollywood go around are so hard to control. Right? Yeah, no matter what. You know, that, script, that script, like that, was just sitting on somebody's desk, and they were doing rails of cocaine off of it because it was the eighties. They're, oh my god, like. Stallone, yeah. we can get like millions of dollars because he's gonna want to do this shit, and like Schwarzenegger is giving it up. He, we're, we're gonna out, we're gonna start a bidding war. And it's right, like, right. Hold on, let me think for a second. All right, I'll do it. <laughs> somehow a screenwriting miracle happened, and our boy Blake Snyder, God rest his soul, because he's up in the screenwriting heaven right now. Mm-hmm. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> he he uh, he was able to write that, save the cat, and uh, get all the swimming pools he wanted. That's which man. is really you know. <laughs> so wait, he did nothing else after that other than save the cat. He did some other movies, but it's like Stop or My Mom Will Shoot is like the headliner usually. Yeah, I don't know. If maybe somebody correct me. I, I don't have my internet up right now because I'm trying to like save all my bandwidth for streaming. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm telling you, it's like uh, it's always Blake, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Parentheses, and it's like, okay, once I found out that this is all a big Schwarzenegger troll, it's like, God, he was powerful. Yeah, right? Like, dude, the, the the power of Hollywood that that man had in his, like, pinky. You know what I mean? Well, it's one of those things where it's like, what, he, I think, got paid, like, $25 million per freeze line in, in um, Batman. Because he has, like, 25 lines, and it was, like, $25 million to get him in the movie. No know? way. I did not know that. Like, that. like, it's, like, it's some, like, insane figure where it's, like, he literally, he he pumped it all the way up, baby. It's, yeah. It's, like, it's exciting that it's like <laughs> little Austrian boy lifted himself out of the gutter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One day I'll be president. Look, he's an inspiration. Yeah. He's the American dream. <laughs> we'll, we'll get governor in there. How about that? And then you can go back to Hollywood. Because he did. I thought it was crazy when he was coming back. He did that. Did you ever see that zombie movie that he did? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That was like a really. It was, uh, the, the younger girl, I think, from Zombie Land. I forget her name, but. I don't remember it so well, but it's like, you know, the Expendables are cool. <laughs> right, yeah. They made them. His, new letter, his newsletters and his Instagram are cool. He's still out there. And like, oh my god, did you did you see it um, Halloween time that like uh, Schwarzenegger and Stallone carved a pumpkin together? No. But they have like their um, hands doing the shake, but it's all pumpkin guts? Oh. 100%. No, but they, I think Stallone had like his uh, Rambo knife. 
There it is. Happy Halloween from these two. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's beautiful. It's like, it's it's like, I, I get on Instagram, like, a lot of people complain about their social media, but mine, I'm just like, I see Schwarzenegger and Stallone getting along peacefully. Right. I see literally dogs and cats hugging and kissing each other, and it's just like, I'm, I I think the world's at peace. Yeah, things are, <laughs> things are fine, man. Like, I don't know why. They're, they're, I mean, if, yeah, they, if anybody could bring world peace together, I think it's these two, you know? These two and their muscles. They're, 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 however they're keeping their muscles up at this rate is like, whew. Right. I don't, yeah, seriously. And I see the picture, like, the, I'll see Stallone post about his, like, workout stuff. I'm just like, holy crap, like, dude is still going, you know? Again, it's like one of those things where it's like, wow, like, not only did he write Rocky, not only did he, like, write most of his major characters, but it's like, when I think about, like, him directing Rambo, it's like one thing, like directing Rambo and being Rambo, and then also directing Rocky and being Rocky, like all, just the reps he had to do. Right. Like, when he, like he had to be just like, okay, and then set up the next shot and then just like drop and like start doing more reps. Cause yeah, like, just to stay like, you know, constantly like rock solid. Like, I, know, like, I know that wasn't all natural. I'm sure there was like a lot of um, steroids. No, shush. Not, not yeah, in the eighties. Like the director is on massive. It's <laughs> like, incredible. Yeah. So, Jill, do you have any? Do you have? Do huh? <laughs> Should we talk about uh, beauty tips and such? Because you got the long, luscious locks. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have zero beauty tips to share on this podcast. Do you have any uh, fun Starlog stories for us this evening? I I didn't really collect a special special one. I'm sorry. I should have like. Right now, I've been going through. Um, <clears throat> there, there's a big profile of Escape from New York in here, and some interviews with uh, Adrian Barbeau and good old Kurt Russell. Oh, cool! <laughs> there's, there's some goodies. I know I was promising to have like more pull quotes, but I, I like I actually just got absorbed in the article. And just... <laughs> no, you're totally fine. Do you think about a uh, a good moment that you read through Starlog recently? Like a fun. I mean, I really, I get very busy, like, trying to buy soundtracks and stuff or, like, track them down online. Yeah. Like, here, like, it honestly is the ads because, like, it's just, like, the difficulty of, of procuring your nerd uh, fix back then. Was, mm -hmm. It was, you're having to do all kinds of CODs and, like, mail off checks. Oh, yeah. Like, cutting out this coupon and then, like, sending it in and then just, like, waiting waiting super super so patiently long yeah for the maniac soundtrack uh to come to you uh the, for the specialist price of 7.98 which is a actually not bad kind of expensive back then i would think yeah what is this the, the 80s kind of like 40 dollars yeah this is like an 84 yeah 83 oh yeah but, but yeah. i love the stuff that you got out of those things you could get like the coolest stuff i remember specifically i think it was the frankenstein poster do you know which one i'm talking about there was like a specific Ooh. frankenstein like and I think, um, oh, what's his face? Oh, I'm a bad horror host. What's his face? A uh, specific artist uh, drew just drew up this Frankenstein, and it's the one from like the the later Frankenstein films where he has like the furry brown thing on. But it would be for like every child's like bedroom, so they put it on their door. So like you know, a specific '80s kid whenever he had like that yeah, Frankenstein yeah, yeah. poster. It's a very like Monster Squad prop. Yes, very. Yeah, I always loved all the props and stuff out of those. I just, I wonder if anybody would still be, well, this is at Starlog Press. I don't know if there's like, oh, there's also like uh, applications for fandoms back here where it's like, you can join the UFO Report Club 
the Bolt fan club, which I don't even know what a Bolt is. Yeah. What, a, a, what was Bolt? What's Bolt? I don't know. It's like, I, I assume it's some sort of sci-fi fandom. Right. It just... <laughs> That's the thing, though, too. When you go through Starlog, it is hardcore, like especially the 70s, like Starlogs. That's hardcore, like uh, sci-fi. Hard sci-fi. Yeah, <laughs> I was reading one the other day. OK, so here's one. Uh, it was uh, I love their convention updates because you got to think sci-fi conventions were so niche at this time in the oh, 70s. So when there was a sci-fi convention, like Starlog was there and they were reporting on it. And I love that they were reporting on cons like Sarah Daniels wore the, uh, you know, um, uh, Princess Leia outfit and you know like they're t- they're talking about the costume contest in Starlog and one of them was that Leonard Nimoy was there and Leonard Nimoy came back and this was his first time coming back since Next Gen was just being talked about to become a new TV series so it's not even out yet and they said yeah and so they said like you know Leonard Nimoy's like I was hurt by all the fan mail that I was sent from fans saying that I was pulling away from the Star Trek community and taking time like away, which he probably was like, let's be let's be honest, like he did his movies on life. Of yeah. Course. So like, but like, you know, fandoms like he hasn't done anything in four or five years with Star Trek. That means Leonard Nimoy probably hates it, you know? And so he's like he went to the con and he was like, man, I'm actually kind of hurt. Like, I'll never stop loving Star Trek. Like Star Trek's in my blood, you know, and I'll always be there if they ever ask me to be there, you know. But it's like it's so funny, like you have to get that word from the people or to the people at the con to then have it printed in Starlogs. So and now yes, everybody knows. It's like you have to find the actual reporter who's like the, you know, get him to put pen to paper. This is exactly what I want you to say. Wow. Right. Well, I um, I was thinking I'm going to put my coconut Pete vinyls right next to my Litter Nimoy vinyls. Have you ever heard his? Oh, yes. Album? I love Bilbo Baggins. That song is great. Have you heard that song by Leonard Nimoy? Yeah, but I'm, I just like all of his like kind of poetry. Oh, yeah. About, spoken like, word stuff. For, for people, it's really, really beautiful. I'll play some really? of that next time. Absolutely. I'd love to hear it. Yes. He's just, he just seemed like a really lovely man. I know. Like, I, I saw him in real life at the last Star Trek premiere that he was alive for, I guess I was like the Wrath of Khan. And I sat really close to him in the theater and could hear him laughing and enjoying no. uh, the movie. But uh. he was so like, he must've died like maybe two years later. And I think he was already like 80 or something, but his hair was so gorgeous. He wow. was still so like tall and imposing. It was really, mm-hmm. really a privilege to get to see him in real life. Like him, uh, I never spoke to him or Romero, but the, the two big heroes combined yeah. literally both big men heroes. Oh, I hear you on that, man. Yeah. Yeah, Nimoy, I'd always see like towards the end, like at cons, but like he did pairings with like William Shatner. Like you could do the photo op or whatever. And to me, like those are, I don't know, I feel weird about the photo op thing because I feel like they're just a, a prop right like you're not actually getting to meet the person they're a prop under a tent and you stand there they take the picture and you leave like there's no real communication right so i never did any of those i like except for the one I, I hosted a thing for the twin peaks panel and they said hey do you want to jump into one of those real quick and i'm not gonna say no to the entire cast of twin peaks so i'm like yeah i'll take it that's, I'll take pretty, it. that's pretty epic that's super super epic yeah um one of my favorite, favorite fan interactions that I've ever had was I got to meet um, Tim Capello, the sexy, sexy saxophone man from Lost Boys. Yes, Blues. uh-huh. That's a wearing no shirt. And yeah, it's I, I can't stop. Like, I have I have it on my fridge, like the autograph I got from him. And he was selling baby oil. No way. <laughs> he had like his own sexy sax man baby oil. Like it was like really he he 
he was hilarious about it, you know? Yeah. He took it in a really fun direction. And oh, his wife man. was really amused. Like, she was the one holding, like, the fanny pack full of money. Yeah. And you can get him on video now. Like, I'm always like, oh, man, like, you know, if it's anybody's birthday, I'm like, oh, I always have Tim Capello wish him a happy birthday because he does right. a really good job. Tell, really them that, good. tell them that you still believe. Always. Never <laughs> Don't stop believing. It's uh, one of my... Uh, kind of claims the fame so i couldn't find the photo I'll, I'll i'll find it later and post it on the social media um but uh gerard Mc, mcmahon mcmahon do you know who that is g tom mac now g -tom I think mac, yes uh i got to sing on stage cry little sister me and him back when i was a lead singer of a band at a horror con so he came in and did like a thing out by the pool on a on a deck yeah and we like and, and one of the lost boys it was the one that passed i think the blonde one yeah one of the vampires uh, he sat yeah. on he sat on an apple box and did the beats while tom g tom mac played acoustic and i was there doing a, a thing for my band and he brought me on and it was cry little sister and to scream that song with him and how all these horror fans holy crap like talk about one of the best moments of my life <laughs> wait have you seen recently that like Corey Feldman has started performing the song? Live? I I have, yeah. I'm like Corey, this is it. This is the direction. Keep going with this, man. This is this is this he, is. Yeah, he's laying in it. Uh, I just saw an interview with him with um, the girl that was Blossom. I forget her name, yeah. um, but she has a podcast and she had him on, and they talk about drugs in the '80s and and so he's kind of doing his thing, like right, he's going to performing and stuff now. Um, and he's like, dude, it's crazy. He's like, I feel like, like I'm doing all the stuff I wanted to do. Like, it's kind of like that Michael Jackson thing. Like you see a lot of those kids that hung out with Michael. They're trying to be their young self now, like doing it, like be on stage, like do all the stuff you want to live because your childhood, you were a child actor and most of it was taken from you. But he's like, I feel like a 70 year old because all my friends are dead. Like all my best friends died from drugs. And it was because people were pushing drugs on you then whereas today people kind of just get the drugs that they want and it's like a thing where it wasn't like a thing that they would push on you as much whereas the 80s it was constantly like you're an actor like we're going to keep you in this kind of place and like both of them i guess kind of went through the same thing i was like damn that's that's heavy man feldman i mean yeah you gotta think about Corey Haim, you know Maybe the whole thing I was saying before about like who's just giving away PCP and ch clam chowder, maybe it actually was. <laughs> right. Here's some, here's some more drugs, you know? Yeah. It's like, I don't, things were different. You know? It was it's flying, like, I guess. Maybe, maybe Scarface was more realistic than I realized, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Don't seeing those guys like, yeah, Corey came here and he played like a little small horror con with like his, like, is it Corey and his dolls or his angels? angels yes <laughs> i love you're like it's angels sir um angels. have you seen they're Corey? wearing like uh, yeah yeah he's, he's around i have i have a Corey feldman story but we'll save that for a different day okay <laughs> man i've heard some stories cool all right we'll yeah. talk about that well we're at yeah. our hour do you do you want to talk about anything else jill um, i am i don't know what else to talk about to be honest i'm excited um to keep talking about more halloween ideas and, and items and uh if people have things that they'd like us to talk about more, that would be fun too. Absolutely. I, I, I like I like hearing people's opinions. I like hearing your opinion. No, yeah. Same, same right <laughs> there with you. I know my own opinions though, so it's like mm. Yeah, you're like, mine are boring to myself. I want to hear everybody else's stuff. 
it's like that's why I like doing this. I want to I want to reach out and um, hear what people think. Absolutely. Well, we got Honda in, in chat, Nether Noose, and uh, Narcotic Casserole saying hello, 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 everybody. Uh, thank Hi. you guys for for watching. We appreciate it. We do. Yes. Uh, will um, will we be back next week, or are we taking a little break? We'll let you kind of party on Friday. Yeah, we'll take a one week break so I can come um, back from South by Southwest, and uh, I'll have some ideas to report after that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you'll have a lot of stories, I'd imagine. So. Hopefully. Yeah, cool. Well, Jill, it's thanks good. for popping on again. This is fun. I like this. Really I like this too. Um, this was great. Cool. Have a wonderful, bloody good week, guys. Like. <laughs> yes. Stay scary out there, everybody. Uh, we'll we'll have this all edited up in a podcast form for you all next week. And yeah, until then, just keep popping in the Discord, keep the conversation going, and we'll uh, be around. So, all right. Okay. Bye, guys. Here's the last song is Naughty Cow uh, from uh, Bill Paxton on the Club Dead soundtrack. Take Coconut care. Pete forever. Yes, Coconut <laughs> Pete for life. <laughs> Naughty Cow, Bongo and Toki, tired of so the three amigos took an undersea trip and never were seen again. Started out alright and made it a couple of miles till they spotted a watering hole. They had their wits about them until they were served a bottomless scorpion bowl. Naughty Cow and his pals riding the waves for somewhere. I got an idea, that is if you're not yellow. <laughs> Across the street, something sweet, an underwater bordello. Toki took them to the seahorse whorehouse for a little spin. Bongo chose himself a pretty prod. Cal preferred a dolphin. Bongo the stone crab got high as a kite. Toki was lost in the maze all night Cause he screwed away his sense of smell Naughty Cal and his pals Riding the way to somewhere I'm low They blew all their dough And ended up nowhere Over because Bongo and Toki were dead. I guess it seems that everybody's looking to find their own paradise. But it ain't on earth, it's up there in heaven. Someday we're all gonna die.